And good evening, everyone, and welcome to the VA meeting for Thursday, the 3rd of August. Uh, I hope everyone is well, enjoying the intermediate sunshine, or intermittent sunshine. Um, I think I've gone through about four different seasons on my journey home this evening, but uh, there we go. Um, so what we've got this evening is we've got Anissa who's kindly uh, joined the call so that she can take us through the latest on the collection. And I've got a presentation which I'll be sharing uh, for her. And then once that's done, uh, Jackie's got a few points to go through as well. Um, I'm not sure there's anything in addition to that, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, in terms of Anissa's presentation, if everyone's okay, uh, we could do questions at the end. So if you want to, if you've got a question, then uh, either stick your hand up or put something in the chat and we'll go through them uh, after that. So let's, uh, let's get the sharing sorted out. Um, what I want to share, share free browser. Don't want to share the meeting. I want to share presentation, which is, that one. There we go. Right, let's see if that will. Let's lose that down again. Hit share screen. Grave browser. Share. There we go. Hopefully, everyone can see that. It says I'm sharing. Yeah, thanks, Andy. You can see it. Excellent. So, if you're not muted already and you're not Anissa, please mute yourself and. Uh, To get started. Can everybody hear me? Yeah. Great, thank you. I don't know if I was talking to myself then. Um, this will be available in the um, volunteers folder afterwards, so don't worry about having to read everything. I just thought it would be helpful to give you all an update as to where we are with the collections part of the accreditation work that's happening. Um, just a reminder that obviously, the accreditation process is split into three sections. So it's not just about the collections work that's happening at the museum. There's also areas to look at around how we work with our users, visitors, stakeholders, donors, and also how the museum is governed and how procedurally sound we are in all areas of our business. But because my responsibilities with the collection, I just thought it'd be helpful to give you all an update as to where we are. So uh, next slide, please, Andy. Okay, so um, I'm sure you're all aware that there's been um, a lot of work going on with, in particular, the gallery and HUT24 audit. So I think audit is the wrong word. This has been a complete um, workup and understanding of what we have in our collection. So everything within the galleries and within HUT24 has been listed down to the item. Um, we have probably, Rob and I, uh, at most, I think a week and a half left to finish off cage seven and the corridor. But for those of you who've been in recently, you can also see that the corridor has also started 
to be worked on. So um, you'll start to see progress there as well. And basically what we're doing is we're listing everything down to detail, as I've said, and we're splitting the collection and understanding what's been catalogued. So this is what has a collections tag on it. Um, correlated to that, does that have a collective access record, um, which all needs to be checked? Um, and then for those items that don't have a record or a tag at the moment, they will have a sticker on them until they've been processed and dealt with. Now, we could say that everything that's got a tag on it, uh, sorry, a green sticker on it, will eventually end up in the collection, so will be tagged. But actually, this is a good point for us to pause and consider what it is that we're going to keep, because we know we've got a lot of items in the collection um, and we need to rationalise quite sensibly, actually. So um, this has been an ongoing process. It's taken 14 months to get the cages done that have been done. Um, so I'm sure you can appreciate how much work has gone into this. But I know most of you should be now familiar with the spreadsheet, which lists everything that we have um, for within Hot 24 and the gallery. So please make a habit of referring to these if you are working on your own collection it's the most up-to-date list so please try and use that it is in a sensible place in the volunteers folder for anybody who needs reminding I will send you the link if you drop me a note or put it in the chat after the call um I do need to know about anything that's leaving or coming in because this is an active audit and will continue to be an active audit until I say otherwise. I'm working steadily in there, so I really need to be updated um, with things as they move in and out. And most of you are doing that, so that's absolutely fine. OK, Andy, thank you. Next slide, please. So um, the most important thing now is we've got to be safe and access areas easily and securely. So we will not in future have anything on the floor. This is unhelpful to anybody who goes into any cage because you need to be able to move around sensibly. Um, we're keeping away from stacking things upon each other where we can. Um, we also need to make sure that um, there is uniform labelling, which I've done. So every cage, rack and shelf has been detailed in exactly the same way. Um, you will That will also correlate to all the locations that have now been put onto collective access. Um, where you previously saw objects in cages before I started have largely stayed in that same cage with you know, one or two things being shifted around because they were better suited in another cage. But please try and work with the spreadsheets rather than thinking, oh, well, I need this thing and it used to be in cage five, it may very well have moved. Now, as we move through this process and I am able to work out what I'm keeping, what's being disposed of or moved elsewhere, we will then start to um, uniformly put things together. So collections will stay with collections and it will start to make a bit more sense. But that in the main has been done already because that's how most of the items were put into their cages. But remember the whole point of the project in Hot 24, two things. One was to have a broader, and for me really important because I was new in post when I started this, understanding of what it is that the National Museum of Computing's collection entails. And secondly, we know that space is becoming a real premium. So we've got to be really sensible going forward about what we're retaining, what we need to, what we still need to acquire, 
and make sure that the two marry. But also, we have to now make sure that going forward, how objects are stored are done so safely and with care and conservation in mind, because this is crucial. Our items have to outlive all of us. This is not about us keeping it for the next two to five years. This is for ever, for as long as we can hold on to them. So we need to try and make sure we've always got conservation going on in the backs of our heads. This is now preserving objects as well as just storing them. Uh, okay, Andy, thank you. So as I said, um, the locations are sound now in Hub 24 and they're all uniform. As I'm working through each of the objects, they will start to be repacked for better protection. Now, some of them obviously came in their own boxes, which is fine, they can stay in their own boxes. But what I will need to demonstrate, certainly for assessment, for accreditation, is that actually hardware needs to be protected in Tyvek. Now, it's not gonna be possible to buy the amount of Tyvek that we're going to need in order to basically um, put everything, all of our hardware, in this material. So I will work systematically and start to consider more vulnerable objects than others because there are objects that are more vulnerable. We've got quite a number of issues around um, materials that have quite quickly degraded. So they also need to be protected quicker or it may be that we have to actually look at disposing because we can't repair them. Um, the museum sector is expensive. When it comes to conservation, conservation is not a cheap um, project to go through. So we've got to be really circumspect about how much we want to conserve or will continue to conserve. I have heard concerns previously from a number of you about disposals. Nothing will be done without um, the sub curator working with me on disposals. It'll all be planned, it'll all be documented, and most importantly, it will follow the Museums Association's disposals toolkit which is quite robust and is robust for a reason it's so that you don't make a silly mistake and end up disposing something that you really shouldn't have done so by the time you finish the process you know you're confident it was able to be disposed okay next slide please Andy so we've got a few areas left to do um, the last room in the gallery which needs doing is Colossus everything else has been done so you can see that on the gallery audit um, the boiler room, when I get the green light to go in there, will also be the next area for working in. Obviously, we've got to look at the workshop because we have a mixture of material that's being worked on physically by some of you. And then there are bits and pieces of the collection there that are probably just being stored. So they need to come out and need to be rehomed. Um, I, as I've mentioned, items that have not been catalogued are going to be dealt with in phase two of this project. What's more urgent is that we know what we've got and try and keep a sensible list of how much material we actually have. So um, I will make sure I keep you updated um, about all of this as we move through into the next phase. Um, next slide, please, Andy. So, oh, previous one. Steve and I um, did a little bit of work a few weeks ago. Um, really, it was it was a conversation that was triggered by um, one of you guys stepping down as sub as a sub curator for your collection. Um, we had a look at the sub curators spreadsheet and actually discovered that we've got quite a lot of gaps in that spreadsheet. So currently, there are twenty three areas of the collection that don't have a sub curator. 
I feel that we're also a little bit vulnerable for the parts of the collection that have just one sort of lead or sub curator attending to it, because that to me doesn't sort of um, show any succession planning. And I think there's some work that needs to be done here around trying to fill these gaps. So if you are not a sub curator for a collection and feel you can support with any of the ones that are listed here. But like I said, please don't worry about reading it. This presentation will be available in the volunteers drive. Um, please drop me an email and we'll see if we can get you matched up. Also, I will just say to those of you who are currently sub curators, but on your own, please consider um, having a deputy working with you, if at all possible. I know we're really light on the ground and it's going to be difficult to try and put two people per team. But I think succession is something that's going to be so crucial for us as a museum in all areas of the business. So that has to also happen in the curatorial department too. Okay, Andy, next one, please. Thank you. So I mentioned care and conservation, and I think this is something that... I feel will probably alter um, a lot of the way in which we've been working previously in the museum. So firstly, it's no single person's responsibility. Conservation and care of objects is incumbent on all of us to look after everything. Um, there are obviously key aspects of maintaining and caring, but this is about conserving a collection beyond our lifetime. So we need to start acting carefully and responsibly with objects. Um, we're quite lucky because we've got a collection that can be considered robust. I mean, lots of museums deal with very, very sensitive and vulnerable objects and on a daily basis struggle with just, you know, having it exhibited, for example. We're a little bit... Um, the other way. We've got a pretty robust collection. We're also an operating and active museum. So by the nature of what we do, we have to operate and showcase our material, which is fine. But, and there is a but, we still need to look at how we operate and operate sensibly. And also remember conservation applies to items in storage, items that are being handled in education, for example, all of these things will have varying degrees of what needs to happen. So we need to be, make sure we're mindful. Um, the procedures around care and conservation fall in kind of the actual um, curatorial, so it's remedial and preventative conservation aspects, which would be my responsibility. But for all of us to work together effectively, we've got to be really careful about how we are um, using our galleries and our spaces. So when this gets signed off and we're nearly there with these procedures now, um, we have to please restrict eating and drinking. Um, so if you are drinking, um, Jackie's bought um, uh, plastic lids for everybody to, to cover over the cups. If you've got a travel mug, that's also fine. Basically, milk is a problem. Milk, any sort of slippage of milk or uh, spill of milk will cause um, that sweet but sour smell to sit in the carpet, which is really attractive to things like carpet beetles. And if you get a carpet beetle infestation, it can do a huge amount of damage. So we need to make sure drinks are covered. Food really should not be eaten in the galleries. And, and now this will apply to everybody. So as the museum expands with the, the building plans and we get more 
um, rec and canteen room um, that will obviously help but once these procedures come in we're going to have to find alternative solutions as to where everybody can eat I know it's a nuisance but museums don't allow eating for a very good reason and that's because food attracts pests and pests are very damaging to the collection and also from a visitor's perspective it doesn't look great if we're eating our sandwiches and we've got public or schools walking around so actually it does us good to be away from the space and also to have a break and just walk away from what we were doing in the galleries. Um, I haven't um, spoken to Jackie about this, but I think that what we probably need to do is remove the bins from all the spaces in the galleries. This is to really stop um, waste building up. I know we have kind of uh, uh, waste clearance and we try and clear and do housekeeping regularly, but just to be safe, if we don't have bins, we don't have rubbish in there. So we'll come up with an alternative as to where people can put their rubbish, but there really shouldn't be bins within the galleries that will just stop again reduction and reduce any um, pest infestations. Um, I've spoken previously before about how we clean our material in terms of the collection, display cases and objects. I will be working with all the sub curators individually, especially more so to begin with those who operate their material to come up with a plan of how items should be cleaned, should be maintained and should be worked on without damaging the object. So the plan will have to be, it'll have to be done in intervals and we need to make sure that we're just happy with the sign off on this. Um, obviously I will, you know, take and work with you guys because you guys are the experts so what I will do is support around how we can make the intervals sensible so it's not something that has to be done daily but just make sure it's logged and documented because I think that most of you have been keeping really sound operating um, logs which has been really helpful it gives me a better understanding of how much work goes into all this and certainly for us as the museum it's important to keep these records um, also, um, just see one minute here. When I'm doing curatorial work going forward, so object marking or um, tagging or whatever it is I'm working on, I'm getting into the habit of wearing gloves. I think gloves are really important because the biggest culprit on your hands, albeit they might be very clean hands, are it's just the acid you have. You, you transfer a lot of acid onto objects and over time that builds up and becomes a problem. A one-off touch of an object might not be a problem, but over time it will start to affect the object. So um, if you're working on objects for any length of time, it's just sensible to wear gloves, which can be provided to you for that. Um, and masks and aprons if you require them. Okay, um, next uh, slide, Andy, thank you. So just to let you know where we are, we are still looking at an October 2023 submission. Um, and then it takes about six months from when you submit your application to getting your result. Between that period, there will be um, a little bit more work for the accreditation team to do in terms of supplying further paperwork. Um, the assessors may come back with more questions, so we will deal with that. But also, we will, we've now been told, be having a site assessment. So this was paused over COVID, um, and a lot of museums were just meeting their assessing officers on Zoom and having a chat. Now, 
there's a positive and a negative for anybody coming to do a site assessment. I think that the, the, the challenge is going to be that the audit that I've done from a collections perspective has to be accurate on the day of assessment. So um, that's why I keep reminding everybody any changes in object in terms of their location must be updated or you must let me know so that I can make sure it comes off of my spreadsheet and collective access has the right detail on it. We will let you know when we have a date for that assessment. Um, if it's helpful, I can do some walkthroughs of the galleries if anybody wants to be involved in, in a mock assessment, just to give you an idea of what might be asked of us. Um, we will keep you updated regarding all of that and you'll start to see um, practical things falling into place a little bit more so you can probably guess at what point the assessment will come um, we've, we've sorted out um, most of the team that should be there on the day um, so it will be quite um, you know it well it is an important day for us so I just want to make sure that we get everything right okay and finally um, this is quite important so next slide please Andy um, obviously I do apologise, I've not had the time I want to have with all of you. Um, there is a lot of you and there's a lot of um, sub-collections. So spending time with each of you obviously is going to take time from me. And currently I'm just knee deep in trying to get through what I need to get through in terms of the collection. So putting the papers together, putting the procedures together and making sure the practical part of what needs to be done is done. But when we've submitted, that will be the time then for me to set up dates with all of you, to work with you and understand what it is that you want to see happen with your collection. Now, that means we've got to put a collections management plan together for each of the sub-collections. This will go hand in hand with what we've discovered through the audit. And by the time we meet, um, you know, myself and each of you, I will have a much better understanding of how your collection feeds into the broader museum collection. I think sometimes it can be quite, um, you know, we all do it. We sort of worry about our kind of area but I have to keep reminding people we've got 76,000 objects in the collection and what I really would like to see us all trying to do is marry each of the collections so nobody's collection really sits in isolation because whatever story you want to tell about your area will more than likely impact another area of the collection. You know, I'm sure you've all got, and we've seen this before, plans for how you want to see parts of your collection being exhibited and put into exhibitions, whether that's temporary or permanent, this will be the time to do it now. So as well as agreeing kind of maintenance, conservation, care, um, and operating procedures around all of these things, we will also sit down and work out what it is that you want to happen with your collection and that's the point where you say to me look we're really low in this area I'm really worried that we don't have enough of this and that's when we can look at um, active um, actively acquiring um, we can look at rationalizing if you feel we've got too much of one thing and not enough of another and we can just balance that up a little bit I think also um, a really good practice is just to understand that the collection isn't just the hardware. We've got a huge software repository. We've got 
a small social history collection, which is actually growing. So these are documents, letters, photographs. And when we talk about the collection, I'd really like to see us considering all of that as we work to move forward. Um, so that's about it from me. I, like Andy said, I'll take questions at the end, if that's okay, Andy. Thank you, everybody. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Anissa. Um, I've, I've not stuck my head into part 24 recently, but uh, just what you've what you've shown us is you know, it's it's a it's a uh, really important achievement, and uh, I think we should offer our thanks to yourself and everyone who's been involved in um, in, in that because you know, last time I've been in there, and it's there's so much stuff you like. Where do we start? So it's great that we've made, we've we've managed to get to, to get that. So uh, not seeing anything in the chat. No one seems to have their hand up. Um, so are there any questions? Four, three, two. Oh yeah, Alan. Hi. Um, yes, yeah, so I just uh, this thing about the food, drinks, and the bins. Does that apply to visitors as well as? staff and volunteers well are our visitors using the bins yes they do sometimes they've got stuff yeah. and chuck it in the bin well like i said um i haven't discussed it with jackie but the, the problem with having bins in a gallery space where you've got collections is it's inviting trouble a little bit so we need to just think about whether we have more of a locked bin or a you know a contained one which is kind of lidded or something at the moment what we do have is just open bins sitting in various places so um yeah i mean public i mean if they're throwing kind of um food or drink they really shouldn't be eating in the galleries anyway but is yeah. that going to be a rule? Sorry, is that going to be a rule if we say to the visitors, look, yeah, you're welcome to have food and drink. Well, I think yeah, get trail it around the museum. Well, the thing is, it's not normal for museums to allow visitors to eat in galleries anyway. So it's not something that should be a massive shock to them. You don't, you don't, you wouldn't eat in a museum. That's why we've got cafe spaces and places for people to eat. So, like I said, I'll talk it through with Jackie and see what kind of solution we can offer. But the open bins, as they are at the moment, are a problem. So, yeah, we can't mm. have those. So I think there's already something in the, we, we have our kind of, it's not really a code of conduct, but we do have our sort of conduct thing at the entrance way. And I'm pretty sure there's something in that about asking people not to eat or drink other than in the, uh, in the designated areas. Um, and obviously there are some exceptions to that with things like when we have events and that kind of thing, but that's a little bit more of a controlled situation. Uh, Jackie, you've got your hand up. Yeah, I just, I think if you can bear with me, I'll report back on this in two weeks. Obviously it's it's something that needs to be discussed overall. Um, there are different rules for different things and it's that's life, I'm afraid. Um, you know, having visited three other museums recently you know there are different things in place we need to take care of our collection so we will do what's best for our museum and our collection um and i'd just like to remind you that you know we understand that we have struggled to give you guys you know the people that give their time for free and their knowledge and expertise um you know a space 
it you will have a space to eat and take your breaks um also in some museums they have a lot of air conditioning and their environment is slightly different to a world war ii building we get a lot of kids coming off the coach that need to have water not all museums offer two-hour guided tours that sometimes take three hours so people need to have a drink whilst they're with them so there's lots of things that we are considering as a professional museum so if you can bear with me i will come back to you all we will come back to you all um in a couple of weeks on this one okay because obviously you know there is set standards but we're a working museum and we have got we've got to we've got to think health and safety operationally museum collections so yeah please bet we're doing the best for our people i can assure you that absolutely thanks jackie chen um similar to what alan's saying um i already have to go around um and pick up rubbish from visitors not a lot but yeah every now and again i'll find something on the floor or they leave something on the side and i yeah i just have to go around and pick up rubbish um so not having i don't i don't know if having more bins or having less bins around the place is going to make the situation better or worse it's not really a question just a statement for you and just just yeah. to be aware that yeah visitors go around leaving rubbish all over the place yeah. I know, and to be honest, it, it it also transfers over to how, you know, when Angie's walked around and done a beautiful job with the display cases and this the pristine, you know, within an hour, they're really grubby. I think it's just about us just trying to make the museum look in the best way possible. I, I appreciate people drop things and it does become mucky by the end of the day. But, um, you know, like Jackie said, we'll, we'll work out what the best thing to do is just obviously what we don't want to do is just create an environment that causes a problem for the collection. I'm, I'm absolutely, Jackie will think operationally, I'm thinking with the collections hat on here. Um, you know, we've got very vulnerable wires, anything like that, which invites something to eat it could just shut it down. So just is considering it from that perspective. I don't know what to do about the mucky public, but you know we can we can review code of conduct and all of that. Um, you know well, that won't be something that's exclusive to us. I mean, museums just have to deal with that, but we'll deal with it sensibly and pragmatically. I think. Right, Peter. Yeah, I think one. Th I mean, one of the things in my I put in the chat already uh, is the use of the teleprinter and bits of paper tape get everywhere. That bin safe, Pete. Um, I wasn't referring to that bin. I know about your bin. <laughs> that's okay because that's yeah, not, the, not the not the bin that. But what happens? They just put all the bits of paper tape everywhere, and I have to go around clear put it in the rubbish bin. If you see what I'm saying, I'm not on about the paper tape bin. Also, the paper. If the other bin isn't there, the paper tape bin. Suddenly, you need to get cans of Coca Cola and things in it. Well, we'll mm. find a solution. Yeah, and I, I think it's just you know, it's just we, from we, past experience I've seen we, this. This is I'm just highlighting. So I think we we can be quite smart about um, positioning and location of bins, and also the type of bins as well. Yeah. So let's let's park that one for um for yeah, Jackie's I mean, when Jackie's back. Is, yeah, trouble is, I say the education team are the worst. Forget the kids on the thing. They pick the thing. I give it to the kids, or the kids just put it down, or they leave it all on top of the eight nine oh three. Yeah, no, understood that. Um, yeah. Anything, anything else from anyone, from anyone else before we move on? Yeah, Alan again. Yeah. Um, as regards the cleaning, um, I know Anise put in um, something about the collection 
but uh, the gallery coordinators, I think they need to be deeply involved with that because um, I know there's some bits are uh, sort of owned by different collections, if you see what I mean. Um, and also, I don't, you know, there needs to be training on some of the kit. I know certainly on the 2966, you don't want anybody doing cleaning on that without uh, knowing what they're doing. You know, that's going to uh, have to be aware that some of this kit is, uh, yeah, you can easily damage it by doing the wrong thing, even using the wrong cleaning agent or something like that. Yeah. So that's, um, if you remember, I said that I'd work with each of the subcurators to put that kind of maintenance or schedule plan together um, because, you know, you guys will know better than I do what can and can't be used. I know what needs to happen with the display cases, um, but I don't obviously know what needs to happen with each of the, the parts of the collection, especially the ones that are on open display. Okay. And I'm guys, just put, I'm, I, I'm, just putting, I'm just putting the slide back up. Oh, there it is. Yeah, she says here. And hand in hand with collections audits, understand scope, range, collecting needs, and care of each collection. So that that's, you know, that's, uh, and then the agreed maintenance, conservation, operating, cleaning, and care schedules. It, it it's there already. You know, it's 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 not. We're not just going to impose it. It's in in conjunction with because uh, you're absolutely right. You know, the the different parts of the museum will need care of different kinds and cleaning different cleaning regimes, and we need to document it all so that we can make sure that we're preserving our collection for the future. Simple as that. Um, can I just add to that, Andy, that for a number of years, um, you know, whether you're working or volunteering, it's an absolute blessing to be involved in this museum and the environment and everything we offer. But if you are maintaining, preserving or restoring a piece of kit, something that's in the museum, it has been requested on a number of occasions that you do document that because actually none of us know how long we're here for. So don't take for granted that, you know, I maintain this and I clean it and, you know, oil it and whatever else. So we have talked about this, you know, having, and this is a future generations thing. So it's a knowledge transfer, but giving us an, we call it an operating manual. Okay. So operating a machine, the manual will say how you restore it, how you, or how you've restored it what you offer in maintenance, how you keep it running, what you do on a daily basis. When it comes to, forgive me, engineers and experts of your level, it's not something you think about. It's like when we do what we do best, but it has to be documented. We're not asking you to go back to school or go back to work because you're retired. Mm. We're asking you to do the museum a favour because it's a privilege to have this free space to do what you love. Mm. So this is what is coming. And it's not just for, for accreditation. It's we've you'll see in two weeks we've all had to document everything that we do every process we implement we have to write something so if if we die i'm going to say it we drop dead tomorrow someone else will be able to pick that up and say okay i can keep it going because if you leave the museum will have a a weakness a a, a loss so help us help us preserve as anisa said beyond all of our lifetimes so it needs to be done now Okay, so it's not a wait for Anissa to have time to speak with you. If you are restoring, maintaining, keeping a machine running, a gallery, you need to start giving someone, and it has to be at the level where all of us on this screen will, will understand, help us understand how we could keep it going if you disappeared. That's as simple as that. Okay? Absolutely. Um, 
Right, thank you very much for that, everyone. Um, I think we'll move on if that's okay. If you have any other burning questions, um, please email them through to Anissa. Uh, I'm sure Anissa will be very happy to answer, answer anything else, but I think it's, uh, I think we've done, done enough on that one for this evening. Um, Jackie, did you want to? Oh, also, again, thanks a lot for uh, for coming along this evening, and Anissa. Uh, obviously, if you want to drop off the meeting, you're welcome to do so. You're equally welcome to stay on uh, and hear the rest of it as well. Um, Jackie, you have some bits. You're muted. Oh, weren't you lucky? And <laughs> I don't know which button to push. <laughs> um, so um, I'd, I'd like to start by saying um, there's never an I, okay? Whenever any of us say I, we do mean we, okay? Mm. So just to remember that this is a complete team effort on everything we're doing. And uh, yeah, when we occasionally as staff get time to meet, we are always really grateful for everything you guys do. But the only reason whenever we ask for something, it's because we really need it. Mm. Not because we're doing it for fun, by the way, or because we need to get paid. So just to let you know about that, hold on. <laughs> uh, no, uh, that would be lovely, Anissa, wouldn't it? Or Tal, you know, that would be amazing if that was the case. Um, so um, I, I apologise, but obviously I, there's a lot going on in the museum. I feel that quite a few people have not chosen to subscribe to the operations calendar. Um, it was requested that we split the calendars, which took an awful lot of work mm. and it might've been voluntary work. So I apologize that I didn't get to send you the kind of week ahead email this weekend. I was busy. Mm. I will be sending this evening a, the next two weeks. So it's going to be a bit of overload. It will tell you what staff are in. It will also tell you what events are happening. Um, but please, can you try and subscribe? And if I get any requests, I will answer them, okay? So that was the deal. You see just the volunteer rotor, and then you choose to see what else is going on in the museum. So um, a couple of people have commented today that they didn't know what was going on. And that kind of worries me because I did what you asked me to do. And yeah, anyway. Okay. So and maybe we need, we need to share the links again so that people have got <coughs> the opportunity to, uh, to subscribe. You mean I have to repeat myself, which I'm really oh. doing. Or, or you could look through your emails and find the email that has <laughs> the links in it. You don't get that many from me, guys. But anyway, look, I'm just saying, look, thank you. Um, today was super busy and I played it was a brilliant day. So well done again. I'm not being, I, I mean, well done because everybody, I've had seven feedback emails already. Um, excellent experience, fantastic guided tour. Um, STEM sessions, I did already shout out personally to town say, well done. They've been completely revamped. Mm. Um, going really well. So that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm going to try and stop waffling. Um, right, this is exciting. Can I ask you a favour? I'm going to put something in the chat, okay? Now, I know you all use computers because you're on one right now. Mm. Can you... Um, I appreciate that sometimes some of the stuff the museum does, okay, it might not be restoring things, it might not be the collection, it might not be World War II history, it might not be 70s computing, but you have to remember the museum is bigger than any one mm. of our, us mm. and what we like. Mm. Now, we've been nominated for a random award. Am I that bothered about it? Not overly, but 
when I see other people that have been potentially nominated, it is the Food and Leisure Awards in Milton Keynes. Now, Milton Keynes is getting quite a lot of traction. So obviously I'm thinking operationally and commercially, that's my job. Um, it doesn't take very long for you to click that blooming link and vote if you feel that we're worthy to win the best attraction uh, visitor experience in Milton Keynes. So if you don't, don't do it. But I have to say, I have put it on social media, whether you like it or not, because actually the museum can't mm. all be about restoration. And mm. you know, we it's a broader picture. Mm. We have to attract different audiences. But actually, I think it would be quite nice. We deserve a lot more. But actually, the award right now is us being together and what we've achieved. So we know how good we are. But do you know what? Another trophy. Margaret wouldn't like it. We know that, by the way. But do you know what? It's it's getting it, us out there. It will grow mm. the audience. <laughs> So, you know, oh, look, I'm trying to be honest with you. This is not like the be all and end all for my job. But mm. I'm just saying, look, if you want to click a couple of buttons, well done. Um, so um, I would like to give you an overview on because I feel like we've become a little bit um, overwhelmed with thinking that accreditation is all about the collection. Um it, it isn't. Accreditation is a museum status for museums performing and behaving and running their organisation in a professional manner with their experts. Everybody here right now is a museum professional um, because we've all been here long enough and we are successfully running a very great uh, well, an awesome museum, actually. But we just don't have that badge. There's a lot more that comes with that. I think what Anissa has done with the team um, in getting and Lisa and I feel for you um there's been a lot of paperwork and processes and you know all of the stuff none of you want to be doing unless mm -hmm. she's been doing all of this mm -hmm. but we do need to follow through with actually delivering on it and it isn't that hard it's, it's giving us guidance as people that work or volunteer we now have guidance material that's structured so we all follow the same process so I actually think it's really good for us but it's felt overloaded. And when people say accreditation, I'm seeing these faces of, oh, it's not. Honestly, the paperwork for the user experience, the governance for the trustees, the, it, it's everything. Um, but it's really good for us. I, I, I feel really happy that we've got so far and I know that we'll become accredited and well done to everybody that's been involved. Um, so yeah, the 17th of August, don't forget to join because I'll be doing an update on all the other areas. Um, right, this is this is random. Um, on the fourth of September, which is a Monday, some of you won't be in the museum. I get that because it's not an open day. But we are, I think, and I've I've got a target of twenty five other museums at the moment, um, which are char have charitable status. A lot of museums, <laughs> excuse me. Let's forget about, I think that we do very well as a museum and a charity to do things for others. We give back, we do quite a lot of free and yes, it might exhaust some of us, um, but there is an, an artist that's really quite good um, and he's a portrait artist. So he would like to come to the museum on Monday, the 4th of September. I will be putting this into an email for you. And he's doing a piece of what do you call home and he would like to do a photograph of people that are willing for his project. Now, he's a budding artist. Some of his stuff is very good. Sip Colin, very similar to yours. He likes photography. Um, 
it, it's not a must, but if you happen to be in the museum and you want to support others, um, we'll, I'll give you a time slot of when he'll be available. I don't think it's particularly intrusive, but actually I just think it's really important that if somebody asks for our help and we can easily facilitate it, it's quite nice. So I know it's a bit off topic, but again, um, I don't think it's that much hard work for us to do that. So um, yeah, I'm sharing that. Excuse me for a moment. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I've lost my whole list of now, which is not very long, you'll be pleased to know. Um, um, I, oh, I'd like to send an apology. So I obviously am in a position where I should, well, I want to support the team. And last week I asked very kindly that you would join this call. So well done. This is brilliant, by the way. It's lovely to see so many new faces. Um, but I also... Um, I also wanted to apologize because I may have um, got the information wrong on what I was suggesting. So my, my message today is if Anissa, and she doesn't send that many emails to you, if Anissa sends you an email as a sub curator and asks for some information, one, can you just save her in your contacts list? Cause that would avoid it going to junk. Mm. And two, could you respond? Mm -hmm. um and that would go be a given for any other member of staff mm -hmm. because again we're not doing it to say that we're doing lots of really busy work or mm -hmm. because it's because we need the information and that's mm -hmm. all i would say because anisa i don't think you're doing this for fun you're doing it because mm -hmm. part of your job and mm -hmm. we've possibly overloaded you mm -hmm. but we all get that the museum deserves to be accredited okay mm -hmm. and think of margaret margaret would be really cross if mm -hmm. she knew that we were not supporting this okay so i'm just going to throw that one in there um so that's what i was trying to say but i kind of sent you a mixed message and i apologize to anita and i'm apologizing to you yeah. but there is stuff as a sub curator that you could be sharing and communicating mm. and you might not get an instant message mm. but just send the information okay please please because we value you okay mm. um right i'm nearly there guys and there won't be one more thing, I promised. Really? Okay. Uh, oh, I heard that, Alan. Uh, Bilton Road. So we sent, was it last week, the week before? We discussed, um, obviously, Hut 24 has been tackled and almost completed. Bilton Road is a, is a big project. Um, we valued all of your opinions and we have stored lots of things that are part of our collection. Um, I understand that some of you don't have the ability or the time or the, the desire, but it would be nice to have a small team of people that would follow our senior curator's lead in just ensuring we know what collection is in Bilton Road and mm. where it is. So if you have some time that you can commit, I think mm. we said October, November, would you mind just dropping an ESA an email and the subject is Bilton Road and just say, I may be happy or would like to mm. support you, okay? Um, if you can come and help follow the process that Anissa sets, because mm -hmm. um, obviously that's her role, mm -hmm. then that's great. And we don't expect some of you to lug and lift, okay? So we understand that we've all got different abilities. So that mm -hmm. would be really, really appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, just to shout out very quickly, the deck project, we had our kickoff meeting. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it's much better. I've got Peg and Robin um, and Gavin as the lead on the project. So various things will be updated um 
A quick ask, and I know you love one of my Google survey forms. Mm. Um, a lot of you have had experience with DEC. If you've got the time and capacity, mm. there will be, before I go away, a Google form that will ask a, a, a variety. It's, it's a survey. Mm. So what we're trying to do is find out who we've got within our community mm. that may have a user experience, a customer experience, mm. anything around DEC. If you want to complete the survey, um, then mm. please do, because we value it. And you, you might not realize that you've got actually got something quite important to tell. Um, so this is just gathering information mm. in the research process. So that will be coming. Um, the workshop, backing Anissa again, the workshop behind the witch is a workshop for the whole museum. Um, I know that we're going to be sorting through that. I also would like to document, and obviously this is being recorded, um, I was asked the question, and bear in mind, some of us are going to be assessed on what we've reported mm. as a museum. There's things or cupboards in the in that workshop, which is owned by the museum, that I don't know where the keys are. Mm. And operationally, and for health and safety, and for the emergency plan, mm. I need to know where those are. And I will need, and I say I, the museum, will need a copy. So mm. I'm going to point, um, send an email to various people that use that workshop quite regularly but we're not going if you've got personal stuff in the museum I need to know about it mm. um, because obviously that isn't covered by insurance but the museum must have a copy of every key to mm. every cupboard storage unit you name it okay mm. so this is not for people to go snooping or mm. anything else but I'd like to reiterate that you mm. know uh, please when I ask mm. um, and if it gets to the point where by the middle of September I I do not have access or the, I, the museum, sorry, um, I'll have to get access and change locks. So please, can I ask you to share the keys and we have a secure lock, that, a storage lock in the workshop where keys should be held, okay? So, and again, for security, I've asked you for what keys you have because if we had a breach or a break-in, the insurance will not pay out if we cannot say where all of our keys were fobs codes etc so please it's not again a not a fun process mm. um but it's really important that the museum owns everything mm. um so yeah I, I knew you'd understand but and i meant to send an email so i apologize mm. nearly there, guys um i i'd actually to again reiterate what you were saying i put anisa build your team so um the, the staff have worked we are obviously growing our team. I hope in August, beginning of September, we will grow the team. Um, but don't be alone. If, you know, if you send me a message saying, Jack, I look after X collection um, and I'd really like a couple of other people to support me. Um, social media, you don't have to use social media, mm -hmm. but it does work. So our website could say recruitment, but be more specific and say it. Um, and we can ask. So I'd actually already gone through the missing sub curators and we've got a post schedule to say, we're looking for volunteers. Do you have expertise in these areas? So again, just working together. And if you need help or support, just tell me, okay? And then we can put it out there. And if, if somebody doesn't respond, it doesn't matter, but we don't ask enough for help. And we can't keep submerging ourselves under this one bubble. Um, so I'm happy to receive those emails saying, Jack, I look after the BBC, acorn stuff for example i could do with two or three people because i can only do weekends that's okay 
all right and then nearly there promise um how i i'm gonna have to say i i managed because we've been very busy i managed to catch up with tao today and we never set well the museum did not set a target of what we would get ready on the online collection because a part of accreditation is that we have some of our collection online Tao, I think you set your own targets on this. And I was advised that we've got over a hundred items ready on the online collection. Um, I'm really, I, I, just well done, Tao. Um, I know you're giving me that face as usual, but let me just say, well done. It's a huge achievement. You've, you've created the system, you've set it up. Um, Colin, Tao definitely needs to talk to you about getting it on AWS. Um, and I need to set up the subdomain. But yeah, Tao, you should appreciate right now that people are, yeah, applauding you because we should always recognize when someone is just, you're challenging yourself. And yeah, well done. Anyway, um, for me, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna see you on Saturday if you're in. Um, if there are any things you need to tell me about, please can you WhatsApp or email me? I do not wanna hear that I don't know about something because I've been on holiday. I've chosen to stay communicating with the museum because that's how I am. And um, please look after the staff and make sure you support them while I'm away, please. And look after yourselves. But I'm, I'm tasking the volunteers to take care of my team while I'm away. Yes. Basically, be good. Can you say what time you're catching group tomorrow finishes? I can tell you that they are arriving from 10. They're all very excited and very giddy. And they, the last entry, we hope, will be around two, and they plan to be gone by four. And they're very excited. And we are officially a long-term geocaching site. So here's to audience growth. Uh -huh. Steve. You need to unmute, Steve. Yeah, OK. Just a couple of things. One is um, last week I got this. Can you see it? I got this through my through my door here from Bletchley Park. Half price and under 12s go free. And a whole lot of things on the back, including Midsummer Night's Dream in the open air. So they're obviously branching out. Um, yeah, I think they've, they've done um, sort of open air stuff in the, in the past. Have they? Open right. their plays in the past, yeah, from time to time. But uh, yeah, it's interesting that they're uh, they're leaflet drop it, dropping uh, a little mm. further afield. Can we take that as right now? I wouldn't dare leaflet drop because I know how overwhelmed we are right now. Mm. Um, so you have to recognize why some people are leaflet dropping and not saving the trees. Um, but I'd say that's really great. And I look forward to seeing that. And there was no representation of the National Museum of Computing. No, no, there's no, no, unsurprisingly, there's no mention of us at all on it. Um, the other thing is um, well, a couple of things. Um, one is we've been talking about Milton Road. Um, well, finally, today, I've been able to write to uh, Liverpool Museums to tell them we've got all their uh, punch card equipment ready to go back. So that's 10 pallets of equipment. So um, that, that'll spray up a bit of space. <laughs> um, which is just as well, because today, 
I've actually sent out um, acceptances for five new donations. <laughs> and I, actually, we're being, we're being very selective. It's just we've had a big rush. Um, one of the, uh, uh, well, four of the, four of the items, uh, we were actually offered over 80 items all IBM computers from a private collector, who, well, the widow of a private co collector. So, um, yeah, this, we, we, took, we took four of those. Um, we've, we've, been, we've been offered, we were offered about six, I think it was, um, prototype national semiconductor 32-bit workstation system unit. So that's the, uh, that's the stuff we took. Mm, yes, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, the uh, other, some of the other things, just examples. The, um, uh, as I said, prototype uh, national semiconductor early, early thirty-two bit um, processors. In fact, they're so early they still have um, uh, NS sixteen prefix on them, which is what they had on the sixteen bit processors. Um, the um, what else is there? A um, couple of Amstrads that we haven't already got, fairly unusual ones. A Zenith laptop that we've uh, we haven't got, uh, which is unusual because it has pop-up floppy disk drives, um, sort of pop-up out of the um, out of the uh, just behind the keyboard so that you can uh, put your disks in. And uh, oh, and a, a very early. Um, uh, pong type um, TV game, so you know, all all fairly interesting stuff. Excellent. Yeah, you you, you carry on. Um, yeah, so um, it's it just really, really sort of quickly on 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 that that, that collection was. Uh, it, it turns out that um, the 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 collection stuff was about five minutes away from my my work's Guildford office. Um, and um, I was trying to find out who would be the best person to talk to about getting someone from the Guildford office to go and pick up the stuff. And randomly, the CEO rang me up about something completely different. So I said, oh, by the way, well, I've got you on the phone. <laughs> I've got this stuff that needs picking up. And he's like, yeah, 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 leave it with me. I'll get this sorted out. I'll send someone around. Anyway, he, he went around himself. So, uh, yes, thanks, thanks to the boss. Uh, we have... Um, the white thing on the far right hand side is a storage array. Uh, the white thing next to it is an RS6000 that connects to the storage array. Uh, the big black box is a Netfinity storage um, array network server. Uh, and then there's a couple, um, I think I'm assuming that's a box of cables on top, but then there's a couple of uh, PS2 portables. Uh, which are of the um, uh, sort of box yeah, with a screen the, that that flap that flips out rather than laptop format. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amber screen as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. It's an amber, there's a P70 screen. and a P75, I think. Yeah, yeah uh, they they want they. <laughs> there's a bit of toing and froing, and they basically said, "Oh, oh, we 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 found some more Netfinity stuff." So there was two more Netfinity boxes and two more PS2 portables. And they went, do you want those as well? And we're like, no, no, thank no. you. Um, um, but if anyone wants any IBM kit, there is still a long list of stuff. And I think they're quite keen to get rid of it as well. So uh, 
Um, I'm, I'm sure. Well, if it shows up on eBay, they will get rid of it. <laughs> Andy, well, do, do we have yes. somebody uh, who a resident expert for the RS six thousands? Um, I believe Colin is. I'm about as close as you get. Oh, okay. It's, 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 going to, it's going to look at it, but 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 yeah, all, all assistance uh, gratefully received. Basically, we we um we decided to take the RS six thousand because it has the connection and it's got the card in it for the storage array. Um, so we've hopefully got a fully working kit of hardware there. I worked on the first two or three generations of them. Uh, so brilliant. Yeah. Well, when it, oh, when, well, when can I, you when can I, you come over and help me uh, revive yeah. mine? When, when I when I get it back to when I get it back to Bilton Road, you can probably come have a look at it. Uh, Jackie, you had your hand up, but it's gone away. So you still need to say anything. I have a first generation RS six thousand in my sitting room. I'd love <laughs> to have some assistance. <laughs> Which model? Um, it's sorry, guys. A, it, it's an it's an eight ninety, I think. Uh, which is, uh, I think it's 7013 or 7015, 7015. Big rack mounted job. All right. I think that's much later than the ones I worked on. But anyway, back to the meeting. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Talk Aww. to me, Colin. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask whether it was working because I apologize, Steve. I didn't read the emails fully, but that's really exciting. And I have to say, if you guys could let your faces light up when we're talking about stuff that you don't really enjoy, honestly, as soon as that came out, <laughs> I'm scrolling through looking at your faces and your reactions because you're a bit giddy. I love it. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah, yeah and, and, the, I, and I suggested a couple of display ideas, but <clears throat> I, I can't solo on that. You wait till we finally get an Apple One, then see the reaction. <laughs> yeah. Really? It sounds to me like um, uh, what Anissa was talking about earlier that should should be going ahead. That uh, that Robin should become Colin's um, uh, assistant sub, sub curator for IBM. Uh, sounds like a plan. But um, shall we? Shall we? We can we can discuss that because actually that that's one thing that I was going to mention is that obviously just because you're a sub curator on a particular um you know type of machine or something like that there's nothing to stop you being a sub curator for multiple collections or being the assistant curator for someone else's curate uh, collection so you know just because there's lots of vacancies doesn't mean it has to be however many individuals it is we, we can we can share it out between us jackie Sorry, I coughed and I thought my thing was muted. So, and also just remember that, say, for instance, the my mobile phones, um, you know, it, managing any collection I know is not an easy process, but actually that's that's a static kind of, you know, display and process of it. So it's telling the story. So that might be something, you know, whereas you might be looking after something that's physically working, you've got something working in the museum, but you've also got the preserved collection, but there are ways of doing it. Or even if you would step in intermittently to help us with it um, whilst we recruit new people, um, you know, we're open to lots of things. Please don't see it as a burden or a chore. Think of it as a, you know, keeping this place going forever. So. Understood. Right. Um, I've actually got one more thing, um, which is uh, we had the barbecue uh, with supporters and volunteers barbecue last weekend. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everyone who 
who attended, um, helped to organise. Um, I think it was a very successful afternoon. I say, very successful day. Um, everyone I spoke to seemed to be enjoying themselves. We had some great feedback on the quiz, which was uh, uh, David uh, O did, and we had some some good feedback on that as well. So very successful, and obviously over three hundred pounds that we. We raised for, for Phil Hayes. Um, yeah, actually, we're going to be putting this out, but I think I think his total was over, nearly £600 for his Ukraine fund. So charities giving back to charities. Yeah, we do really well with that. So, mm. yeah, well done to everyone. Yeah, yeah so that, that's that's, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good as well. Um, so I'm sure Phil's, Phil's very pleased with that. Um yeah, so all in all, uh, a good a good day. So uh, that's about it from from us. Conscious Ooh. of the time, anything from the floor before I call the meeting to a close. Everyone's not looking particularly excited about anything. <laughs> so um, let's do that.